what people seem to not understand is bad connections don't cause fires directly. Bad connections could sit in your wall for 50 years and not be an issue. You could have arcing in your wall. It's not really an issue unless a lot of power is drawn through it, right? right? that a majority of people have never considered what's in their wall wiring going to their systems. It's actually a pretty big issue, especially on older homes. I was actually just thinking about it now that we brought it up because like, yeah, my computer, I don't, I have no idea. It could be on like the bathroom for all I know because my house is pretty <laughs> old and yeah. with, the, with the fan running in the yeah. bathroom and there's all kinds of noise. Yeah. yeah. Well, things are taking a lot more power now. More often than not, you have things like electric cars that people just plug it in the regular outlets and they consume the full capacity of the circuit for a day, hours straight. Yeah. You have computers taking way more power than ever, all the kinds of things like that. Well, like electric cars in your garage, like garages, yeah. okay, they put an outlet there, it's usually got a GFI, but, you know, yeah, they're not really planning on having it full load. You know, you might. They weren't expecting it when the home was built. Yeah, right. And what that means was how most homes are built, especially older homes, at least in the U.S., you have one line, you know, a wire like this coming from the Call main it panel. Romex. Yeah, I mean, in the U.S., you usually use like Romex, gauge, NM wire. Three, a three-conductor 14. Well, yeah, it's white. Two plus ground. Sometimes but, yellow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But same concept as that. 15-amp circuit. Typically, yeah. And it comes from the panel. It goes to an outlet. Right. It enters that outlet. It connects to the outlet. It goes back out of the outlet. So you have four connections in that outlet. It goes to the next outlet, the next outlet, and the next outlet. It usually goes it. up, over, and back down. Yeah between every outlet. So you think, well, this outlet's three feet away from the next one, there's three feet of wire, but there could be 20 feet of wire, 25 feet of wire, because it goes into the outlet, there's a little loss in the wall, it goes up, over, back down, it depends on the height. Well, not to ceilings. mention every connection point, which, how tight are those, who put it yeah. in, mm -hmm. is it 50 years old, is it aluminum wiring? <laughs> right. There's well, a lot of shit going on in walls that you're not aware of, you know? The issue here is, here's the real risk, a lot of people don't consider or really care about these things, what's happening in the wall. There's power coming out. They figure power's power, right? Every outlet in your house is not created equal. You want to ideally be as close as you can to the main panel because this wire isn't very large. There's other things on the circuit that contribute to additional losses, voltage drop, noise, and stuff like that on the line. If the outlets were replaced by homeowners over the years, which is pretty common, the connections might not be that tight. You might have one bad connection anywhere in this chain because there could be yeah. 50, 100 connections. And the whole in some rest of homes. the daisy after that is shot. Right. You could have arcing, noise on the line. So let's say, like you were talking about, where someone was plugging a computer. Yeah. Today's computers can draw over a thousand watts at peak use. Yep. Mm -hmm. Some, you know, anybody anywhere else in the house could turn another thing on and be on the same circuit. And I mean, <laughs> this isn't like it's you're plugging into a kitchen where most people, okay, they thought about that. You're plugging this into a bedroom. Which is probably out. running off of, there's three other bedrooms and who knows, maybe even, a, you don't know what else is on the line. So now you're drawing a thousand plus watts into a gaming computer in a bedroom that's daisied off of six other outlets going in three other bedrooms with TVs and flat screens and everything. Well, it doesn't need to be that because I, like, oh I didn't even think about it. But yeah, I mean, like I have, I have like an amp and a DAC and my computer, like and if it's like a tube amp, it could take a lot of power, adding on your monitor. There's a yeah. lot of things on that one Outlet already. Yeah, the so. wall wiring's getting warm at this yeah. point, right? It's physically warm. <laughs> you're, trying, you're almost blowing the trip and the breaker, you know, because you're reaching the limits of the circuit. And, you know, and that's, I mean, it, yeah, basically, even a modern home 
isn't necessarily wired for no, that. No. It's just not made. They don't think about how much power you could draw out of a bedroom. You know, well, it wasn't that long ago where you the longest you would be drawing any power would be like a minute or two using a blow dryer, maybe. So that's not that big of a deal because the frequency at which you're using something like this is pretty low. And usually you'd be using it in a bathroom, which is required to have a dedicated circuit, at least in the U.S. So that's not even an issue. Typically. Right. Uh, but in bedrooms, they might have all the bedrooms in a house or all the rooms on a floor on the same circuit. Especially older homes. Very, very common. You know, you have you might have five, six breakers cover the whole house. The whole upstairs is on a breaker. Yeah. All the bedrooms are on another breaker. The living room's on a breaker. And the kitchen, if you're lucky, is on a breaker of its own. <laughs> yeah. Kitchen's supposed to have two breakers, but yeah. not always. Yeah. It doesn't always actually happen. So it's, yeah, you know, you just don't know. And again, you know, if you bought the house... It's 100 years old, and obviously there's been multiple owners. Yeah, you have knows? no idea what's in the wall. Yeah. You have no, until it fails, you don't have a reason to look at it, really. You know. So anyway, that brings us to today's topic, which is like maybe, maybe people better can, ought to think about considering running dedicated lines to their gear. Mm-hmm. And it's like we've been doing this in the two-channel world for years. I mean, uh, we actually created a category of cable called the Power ACN wall, which is this big-ass red cable. It's a 10-gauge. It's UL-rated, made to go from the main breaker panel to an outlet. So a dedicated run from your breaker panel to an outlet where you could plug in a stereo system, amplifiers. And uh, we created this in back in 2003. So it's been around 20 years. We created a category that was a high, it's a high-end power cord, with that's just beefy, multi-stranded, blah blah blah, made to handle all kinds of weird current draw. Whereas normally you're stuck with whatever you get out of Home Depot or whatever the you know whatever you use in terms of Romex. So, <laughs> bottom line is that what we're saying is that we realized this a long time ago in the audio realm, where the in-wall wiring became a limiting factor to what these guys were using externally. You know, you start using multi, big power cords, big amplification, right? Yeah, and now, then there's a 14 gauge in the wall. Yeah, the yeah. bottleneck is the wall, and it's like, what what options do you have there? Well, you call an electrician, and you know that's a start. For if you're not familiar with doing this, absolutely, absolutely, get an electrician to deal with this. Uh, you know, they'll make it look easy. You know, most people are going to need someone else to do it. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. a good idea. Right. So that's part of the barrier, though, right? Because a lot of people think it's part of the structure. It's in the wall. I don't know how to deal with it. But turns out there's people that you could pay that deal with it every day, and it's usually not impossible. Now, it does indeed depend where you live in the world, how your house is built, but a lot of times it's not that hard to run a new wire. And the cost could be, depending on the length, pretty reasonable. You could run Romex NM. You could run a dedicated circuit for your system. might be a few hundred dollars. might be a thousand dollars. And... Generally speaking, you're probably going to see way more benefits from that than you would like an audio uh, power conditioner or something like that. Yeah, like, you know, conditioners, they're made to do certain things well and and help in certain areas. But if you have a wiring fault or if you have limitations in the wiring, it can't fix that. If you have low voltage coming out of the wall, Hmm. unless you have a power regen generator. Well, they're designed to fix things like that sometimes if they're fancy enough. But the better solution is to mitigate the first problem. Yeah. Solve Before, the problem. Right. The root cause of the issue. That's you the smart You don't thing. put a Band-Aid on a Band-Aid. At the, you, know, you can do it, but you're only going to get away with that so long. 
before you know one of the band-aids falls off mm. and then the whole thing comes apart. It's like painting over peeling paint. It's the same kind of concept, right? If the base Basically, layer yeah, peels right. away, it doesn't matter how much shit you put on top you of it. You could try, but it's tough, yeah. right? And a lot of yeah. these boxes and stuff that you plug in, they're made to solve voltage issues or noise issues, ground issues. But the best bet is to start with just a better connection. <laughs> That's number one. And then if you think that it's still not enough, maybe you still have bad power quality in your area or whatever, then you can move up from there. But usually, even just putting a dedicated circuit of Romex in is a pretty good start. And if you want to move up, you know, something like this, a dedicated wire for that's made for audio is a little bit better yet, but depends on your goals, your price point. It's significantly stuff. more expensive. Yeah, it's way but, more. But. but in the end, if you're going to have it done and you're doing this and you have a lot invested in a system, who cares? I mean, you're not really talking about, you know, like some sort of astronomical chunk of change to run a really, really good dedicated line. Yeah, you usually don't need that much of it, so it depends. Well, the, the other it might thing be 30 feet. Experience has shown, like I've dealt with thousands of people with this over the last 20-some years, right? And what experience shows is that it's, so, it's a problem solver, right? It, you got this stupid stuff going on, whether it be with the computer yep. glitching or, like you said, your friend's computer with mm-hmm. The trip to breaker because his sister was using a blow dryer in the bathroom. (laughs) You're gaming and the whole thing goes out because they were all on the same circuit. But, I mean, you just look at this and you're going, you know, people are having this issue and they live with it. It just happens over and over again. And it can't be good for anybody. It can't be good to trip to breaker when you're peaking power on a computer. At some point, that's not a good idea because you wind up with inductive surges in the line. You don't know what's going to happen when the breaker trips it. You know, that sets up. A potential surge into the gear when the power disappears. It's a break. Actually, right? that is a point though, because we've seen a few people blow up their amps or headphones from switching the power off to uh, a piece of electronics That's that wasn't right. designed for it. They're using a remote switch. Yeah, we saw mm-hmm. a couple of people with that. They had a remote on-off switch because they wanted to be able to turn several pieces of gear on or off together yeah. easily because, like, the switch was in the back or whatever. And the trouble is, you get potential for huge voltage spikes when you switch something that's an inductive load off and it depends on how the device is designed and manufactured but a lot of times in high-end audio people that are designing the amplifiers aren't expecting it to be used like this so they don't put protections in place to mitigate these usually mass market consumer electronics it's not a big deal usually you could just switch them off unplug them it's not really a problem usually but on some electronics especially sensitive fancy stuff if it's not designed for it, it could be actually significant. It could well, be a problem. And at the higher end, you've got, you know, a lot of the stuff is still running linear power supplies. It's got big iron transformers. And when you suddenly remove power from them, they could kick back juice from the transformer into the line that everything else is plugged into. So if you've got everything plugged into one strip, including this, you know, one strip with a remote on off or whatever, yep. you know, and, the, and the, you turn the strip off, this amp, the field collapses in the amp's transformer, sends a, a counter EMF back through the line, goes into whatever else is plugged in the line. Let's say you got a preamp, a CD player. Well, that shit doesn't like seeing a few hundred volts instantaneously, you know? And you do that enough times, or even a computer, you do it enough times, and something's going to give over time. It's just going right. to give. You're hitting things with hundreds of volt spikes that you just can't account for because that's got, that voltage has to go somewhere. And when you disconnect power, it's got nowhere to go but what everything else is plugged into the line. Hmm. Anyway, it, there's all kinds of reasons why, you know, dedicated lines, especially at the higher end of things, is really kind of critical to helping this stuff. It's a good foundational element. And if you're running beyond just like a base setup, especially if you're plugging stuff in that actually consumes a lot of power, it's 
almost mandatory. Um, and if you do it yourself, it's very affordable, but unfortunately that's kind of impractical for a lot of people. So it depends on your goals, but I think it's really a smart move if you have a high power system or a high end system and you want to get the most out of it. Would you say in your garage you were measuring voltages? Oh yeah, well that was the thing when I first got my car. I didn't have a dead. I was just thinking about this. This is like worst case scenario. Your electric car. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and the problem is I have a detached garage, so it's about a hundred. I measured it's like 125 feet foot line to go to the garage and then there's daisy chain like five outlets and i was using the last one so you could actually measure the voltage drop across the outlets it was like two or three volts between the first one and the last one and it was already about six or seven volts drop from the house due to how long the 14 gauge was so now you had to go through all those connections so actually in the winter became a problem until that's why i had to put in a dedicated line um because i the those few volts were the difference between like just heating the battery and actually charging. Yeah, you know? right. Well, that's the thing. You know, that's the other thing people don't realize is the tech involved. There's tech now. There's a lot of tech involved with the way things work nowadays that it's invisible to you. And you reach a threshold at some point in voltage, whether it's too high or too low, where shit doesn't work. It, it's auto-adjusting for that. It's saying, well, you know, it, it sees that. It senses a low-voltage condition. It goes, well, I can't draw as much because something's wrong. It's, not, it's trying not to burn your house down, basically, right? Better yeah, electronics. They thought ahead this. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. If I'm going to draw 1,500 or 2,000 watts out of the wall, it's got to be careful that it's not overloading the wall mm-hmm. it and over, potentially overheating your circuit. Yeah. So I'm sure this stuff's looking at it. It's probably looking for arc faults. It's probably looking at all this stuff to see, make sure. Not, it, it, if I was making designing a charger with an electric car, I would be looking at it. Yeah. It's very easy to do. You know, and if it senses an arc or something, it probably even turns off because like, well, something's does these wrong. Yeah. It'll give you a little notice yeah. if the plug gets too hot or if it sees weird issues. And people all the time at forums post, oh, I'm getting reduced charging capacity. People say, is your outlet hot? Yeah, mm-hmm. right. What's your voltage? And it's always like, 96 volts. Is that bad? <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. it's nice because, uh, well. like, right from the app, it, it tells you voltage. So you don't even need, to, like, you don't need any equipment or anything. Yeah. So you just like, oh well, that's God. assuming you know what that means. Well, yeah. Well, if it gives you a pop-up warning. A lot warning, of people don't know. It gives right. you a little message because, yeah. obviously, people a lot of times don't really think about these things. They plug it in like anything else. And it works, but... Yeah. The reality is the circuit was not made to run at full power continuously, and it might be 100 years old. It might be 60 years old. Yeah, I mean, especially yeah. with electric cars, I would highly suggest to get an electrician in there. If you're charging that in your garage, you need it. You're particularly really if the garage is attached to your house, where if yeah. the fire does occur, well, yeah. the whole house is going up, you better get a dedicated line put in there for the car. No, just do it. Don't even think about it. It's usually just not even that expensive. It. That's the thing. Right. I mean, can usually with the garage, usually the breaker panel is right next to it. It's usually the way yeah, houses are built. A lot of yeah. times it's like a 20-foot run. It, it would take an electrician t- a couple hours to deal with it. Bam. You know, you know, and even then at that point you could have a 240 line put in. Well, yeah, then you could charge 10 times charge. faster. Yeah, yeah, you know, so. Well, yeah, now my line, now line is like six feet to the breaker, you know, so. <laughs> It's good. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, brings us back to audio. We covered a lot about everything else but, but mm. the same holds true with the sound character of stuff too. I mean, all these limitations are audible. You start limiting the line, the voltage, what else is on the line. Is yeah. there a flat screen TV on the same circuit dumping noise on it? If the system is noisy itself, like some of the gear can be, switching power supplies are noisy. Computers. You know, yeah. It, a, a, lim, a, a, limited, a line with a limited, a higher impedance or really, you know, home wiring wasn't designed for that kind of noise. It, flat, a flat parallel run of Romex 
simply wasn't made to deal with that kind of noise. You know, ground ain't ground in a house. And that's a whole other topic oh, altogether. Yeah. The ground isn't made to carry noise away. It was designed to get to help people so that people didn't get electrocuted. So you didn't die when you touched a metal Yeah, <laughs> it just offers a, a path for power and, and so your body doesn't get it. Mm. But it wasn't made for, to dissipate noise. You can't throw noise on a ground. So anyway, there's a lot of a lot of problems at the higher frequency levels of noise level that people don't relate to. And a lot of these problems do affect sound quality. And by running a dedicated line, even if it is just Romex, but particularly like a really, really good dedicated line like we make, I mean... It could be night and day, particularly on a higher-end system uh, where you're eliminating all these faults in the wall, that the unknowns are gone. You know you're going right to the main panel. Well, especially at long distance, too. Because, I mean, that's, that's the biggest pro- That's why I was in worst-case scenario with the uh, oh, last outlet, yeah. and it was a detached garage, you know, and a 125-foot run, 14-gauge yeah. put in 60 years ago, you know. And, mo- I mean, most electricians probably already know this. They've been so common. Yeah. They could look at it going, oh, my God, we're going to be busy for the, my lifetime. They already know what they're going to see. So as these, many melted outlets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, there's no question. Yeah, and potential fires and stuff like that going mm-hmm. on with it. So, you know, fortunately, the cars are smart, and they'll probably avoid that, I would think. What happens is people use adapters, and the adapter uh, then doesn't get hot. The outlet gets hot, but the car can't temperature sense the outlet because it's through an adapter. Oh. So, yeah. I didn't know that. Hmm. That's the trouble. Yeah. <laughs> people are faking it to try to get faster charging yeah it's kind of like those uh you that just they need still a sell what you need yeah, those, uh, right. you need a, a real circuit yeah. orange adapter things that get rid of the ground pin yeah, i don't even know why they sell those Jesus. still <laughs> you yeah, know? that's not a good idea they sell them at home depot big yeah. bin yeah you don't you don't want to fool your car you don't want to fool a charging system with a battery that big <laughs> you know it's bad enough just to charge uh uh a drill, a drill anything, battery, yeah. you yeah. know, well, in a garage. What people seem to not understand is bad connections don't cause fires directly. Bad connections could sit in your wall for 50 years and not be an issue. You could have arcing in your wall. It's not really an issue unless a lot of power is drawn through it, right? Because right. what the bad connection creates is resistance, which will create heat only if power is flowing. So if it isn't really used or it's infrequently used, you won't get enough heating to start a fire. It's very low risk. But very high load for sustained periods high risk so that's why if you have high power stuff you want to try to put on a dedicated circuit and for audio it's kind of a good idea just to get all the other stuff out of the way get the uncertainties gone run a dedicated circuit romex is plenty good for most people but if you want to step it up obviously there's options for that too we have solutions well also the connection you know your outlet is important too. Yeah, yeah. the the those fifty nine cent outlets. Don't get those or yeah. junk. <laughs> yeah, especially if you're plugging a car into it. I mean, get get an industrial grade outlet. They yeah, they're like physically six bucks says yeah, industrial they're grade. They're a lot more, you know? but they're still. Go to an electrical powder. supply house. Tell them what you're doing. You know, they'll know. Yeah, yeah. they'll say here's the outlet you want because yes. they have thicker contact material, which means they grip the plug better, right. which means they're lower resistance and they hold that grip over the wall. They last term. so much longer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Where a cheap outlet will just give up the ghost in a couple. It'll be loose, and then that looseness creates warmth and fires mm-hmm. and all that shit. So mm-hmm. all the issues. You don't want poor connections anywhere when it yeah. comes down to higher power. So mm-hmm. anyway, there's a lot more that we could cover with this. We could talk for three hours mm-hmm. on it. Uh-huh. And uh, you know, but bottom That's line the is that strokes. yeah, it's if you, if you got any questions, email us, call us here. Um, you know, you'll probably get a hold of me, and I've been doing this for decades, and I got the solution for you. So anyway. Thanks for watching, everybody. Take care of yourselves. Thumbs us up.